Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the Mischief Makers podcast, and I'm Charlie Russell, hosting brand new episodes chatting all things Peter Pan Goes Wrong. And we're recording in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to be looking back at our nearly six-month stint in the USA with Peter Pan Goes Wrong. And I'm delighted to say that to help me do that, we have Henry Lewis and Jonathan Sayer. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? Very exciting. Um, It's really nice to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Thanks for having us on the show. Imagine if we'd done all this work together, but we'd never truly met. No, always worked virally. (laughs) <laughs> well, for those who are new to Mischief and the podcast, um, we have met before. Mm. Uh, would you please now tell me, you know, what your roles are in the show and in the company, just for those who who are new to all of this? Of course. So I'm Henry Lewis. Um, in We're currently doing Peter Pan Goes Wrong. Uh, and I'm one of the writers of that show, uh, along with Jonathan and Henry Shields. And um, I'm in the show as well. I play Robert Grove. Um, and um, John and I are also directors of, of, of the company as well. And who does Robert Grove play in Peter Pan Goes Wrong? Robert Grove plays a variety of roles. Mm. Uh, he plays Nana the dog. He plays Peter Pan's shadow. Uh, he plays Starkey the pirate. Uh, and a couple of other roles that uh, I'll leave as a secret. Mm. Uh, you can find out when you watch it. Very good. Um, I'm Jonathan. I'm all the things that Henry said, except I play Dennis Tide in Peter Pan. And Dennis plays John Darling. He plays the pirate Smee, and he very briefly plays a mermaid. Beautifully done, by the way. I, th- I think so. I think it's a, a very good portrayal. And the, the, ro- the, the mermaids are on rollerblades. It's quite a fun <laughs> part to do, because you, you get to skate across the stage. And here in LA, the, sta- <laughs> the stage is much wider, mm. um, so I have to traverse a lot more ground at a, at a, a far greater speed, <laughs> um, which is quite fun. I get to watch it every day and it's an absolute pleasure. I nearly made myself sick yesterday. What? because Why? Because, because, so th- this is a really, really weird, specific problem on the show that I've been battling all the way through, which is if I really fly across at speed, the mermaid hair goes in my mouth, like quite right. a lot of it. Okay. And is I, it in I, any way toxic? No, or? I just swallowed like a lot of hair. Ew. Because um, I, I also have to shout, yeah! 
as I go across and all the hair went down my gullet. Um, and it was God. really horrible. You never really know the problems that mermaids have until you kind of hear about them. So if you're a mermaid and you have a solution for this, get in touch. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to hear from mermaids. Thank you. And and just in case it's, you know, this is new to you, I'm also one of the original creators of the show, original cast member. I play Sandra, who plays Wendy, obviously. So this year in 2023, uh, we've had the pleasure of bringing the show to Broadway for about five months. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. yeah. And yeah. now we're in sunny LA at the Amundsen Theatre until about mid-September. Um, but going back to New York for a minute, it was our second time on Broadway, for us three at least, mm. um, which was very nice, wasn't it? But did you notice anything particularly different from the first time we were there, 2017, with The Play That Goes Wrong, to now, 2023, with Peter Pan Goes Wrong? Yeah, I, I think quite a few differences, actually. I think, like... The city is slightly different post-pandemic. I think that probably it's just got back into the swing of being fully open. Mm. Um, so I, th- I think there's a slight difference there. I can't quite articulate what it is, but there's a slight difference. But it's been quite exciting, I think, to be part of Broadway's first, I think, first full season properly mm. back-back. Oh, that's what people have said. So that's been quite an exciting thing to be involved in. I think there's definitely been more... The show's had more visibility because people are more aware of the Goes Wrong show mm-hmm. and they've seen Play That Goes Wrong and Play That Goes Wrong has been running off Broadway for a number of years. So that's been quite nice because the audiences have been more consistent, I mm. would say, and they've kind of been in on the joke from the start rather than being like, oh, what is this? Which I remember last time people were kind of discovering the work for the first time. Right, yeah. Um, and then personally, I think we're all just a little older, a little wiser. I've found it a more, I, I've definitely been calmer. Mm. This time around, I've also lived a little further out in mm. New York. I didn't live right in the melting pot, which was good. Um, but it's, it's been a lovely, a lovely, lovely time. Yeah, I know what you mean about. Um, I definitely this time around didn't. I just knew a bit more about New York as a city mm. in the first place. Whereas when we went in 2017, it was the first time I'd ever been to New York in, at all. And this time I was like, oh, there's there's more than just that pizza place on Eighth Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> like I need to go a bit further out and. Oh, and visit a few more places, which was nice. But also, I kind of... Last time, I was like, oh my God, we're in New York. We never know if we'll ever be here again. We've got to go at 100% of the... You know, at 100% capacity, 100% of the time. I've got to make the most of it. And I kind of got strung out last time. Whereas this time, I was better at going, you know what? Well, I, I just got to bed, yeah. Yeah, I, I need to go home. Oh, sure. <laughs> also, Charlie has a, a unique gift for making friends. I do. Um, so, so I think that what I've found... Um, and this is with less of that gift, but like I felt more like a New Yorker this time around because I, I know people in the city, not just from the show, but I've mm. got kind of pals. So I think this time around, I felt more like I live here. Yeah. Whereas last time I really felt like I'm a guest here. Mm. Like I, I felt like an honorary New Yorker, which mm. I've really enjoyed. Yeah, that's nice. How about you, Hen? Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think the the like... The tale of the pandemic has been different in New York than it has in the UK. Mm. Like it was still kind of felt like it still felt like it was very much kind of like front and sort of center of people's minds when we arrived, kind of March April time mm. um, in New York, which was sort mm. of strange because in the UK it just it didn't feel like that at all. It, yeah. it sort of it was like going back to kind of London, sort of in like 2021, you know. Um, uh, and so interesting and um, yeah no I mean yeah I I totally agree that like I think just a different experience from like almost like the first time we did Play That Goes Wrong it felt like 
as you said, like it was like holiday times, right? We, mm-hmm. And I sort of on that trip did lots of the kind of main tourist stuff, the museums and things. And, and so this time it was more about kind of doing uh, just the kind of more regular city stuff, like finding new restaurants and all that kind of thing. Mm. And it felt more like I sort of legitimately lived there, although I did still live. I lived at the same place, which is a building nearby the theatre. Um, so I had, that works for you, though, doesn't it, Him. Like I that. enjoy like I enjoy a short commute because I have quite a long commute in the UK. It was the so shortest nice, commute imaginable. Like yeah. Henry, yeah. Just without giving away walked. his address, <laughs> it was it was a literal stone's throw. Yeah, you could see the theatre from my window. That was great. <laughs> and, uh, Greg suggested that if I had a zip line installed, I could go <laughs> even, even quicker and just zoomed in. Fully in costume as well. Absolutely, just land, ready to go, dress the, as a dog. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Flying dog through New York City. Yeah, no, it was uh, no. So that was great, and, and I loved um, sort of heading back. At, uh, you know, in between shows, you kind of mm. go home and chill, and that was nice. And um, and yeah, no. So I mean, it was it was no, it was a joyful run, and uh, and um, yeah, I mean, it was you know, as John said, it was so nice to kind of give New York audiences the next kind of instalment of mischief. And, right. Yeah, it was it was cool to have people kind of like it sort of the audiences felt familiar to it. That was really mm. so nice. We it? had lots of return people because mm. the play that goes wrong has been there ever since. Well, it's, it was on Broadway for like a, a year and a half, two years, almost two years, almost yeah. two years, and then it went. It's now in New World stages, so you can see it now if you go to New York. Yeah, um, in a really great space that suits it. Almost, it's more. It's closer to that kind of the Duchess stage that we have in the West End, a little bit smaller, a little bit more intimate, but therefore you kind of get, you feel really close to the action, don't you? And that's still going, which is so nice. So when we got there, there was this group of people who were like the American counterparts of us, Mm. sort of more attractive and uh, more healthy, (laughs) younger, and um, probably more hardworking, maybe not including you two actually, but um, they were so lovely. We were like, oh, here's like another little mischief family who we could hang out with. I think that's what I mean. There's like last time I felt like we were coming into someone else's community mm. and almost like we had to like earn our stripes mm. to be there or like, or at least like you had to like work quite hard to meet people. Whereas this time around, I've really felt like we've got our own little ecosystem out there yeah. or out here, I should say. Yeah. And that, and that's been, that's been super cool. In, sh- in July, we like we had, there was a very cool evening where we had drinks with, uh, all of the Peter Pan Goes Wrong guys uh, do, doing the show on Broadway, uh, the off-Broadway Play That Goes Wrong team doing Play That Goes Wrong at New World Stages, and the new Play That Goes Wrong company who were rehearsing in New York before going to Washington, D.C. to do a month there. And like just to have everybody together and stuff and three mischief companies in New York was really, really cool. Really yeah. cool, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm just kind of watching people who'd been in Play That Goes Wrong throughout the last four or five years and seeing where they were at with their careers because lots of them are in Broadway on... Yeah, we're in Broadway shows as well. Right, because we had is... people who were... A strange number of actors from the play that goes wrong were in Leopoldstadt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not just play that goes wrong. We had um, Jenna from robbery. the comedy about bank robbery who'd done that in the West End after us. And it was like, how is Leopoldstadt... A lot of similarities. Yeah, those two shows. Stop hard, yeah. you know. If you can do fast, you can do stop hard. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, in terms of New York, like I, I, I was doing at the end of all the other podcasts, like, oh, what are your tips for New York? And we're not here now, so at the end of this one, we'll be like, what are your tips for LA? But was there anything you discovered this time around that you would recommend people do, see, eat, visit? 
I went to yeah, like restaurant wise, definitely. Like yeah. I went to um, uh, to Nizza, which is uh, like an Italian restaurant on Ninth. Uh, yes, I heard of Nizza. Actually, I never um, went in the end. That was amazing. Really good Italian food. I'd never done five napkins burgers before <gasps> this trip, oh, and are they are doing? pretty good. That's amazing. Um, yeah, they're very nice. Um, and then yeah, I mean other stuff. I, mentioned, I, I like. I, I spent. I did did, did the uh, High Line a couple of times. This trip, that was really nice. It's been extended, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's kind of, when I went before, it was kind of, I don't know if it was new, but it was it was definitely less lush. Now it's kind of fully grown out. It's kind of like proper kind of mm. trees and everything everywhere. It's really, really nice. Mm. And um, another, like a touristy thing I did do this time was um, uh, Summit, which is if you want to see the city from above, I really recommend that. It's like, uh, it's an observatory uh, at the top of the Vanderbilt building and it's kind of uh, but it's got like mirrored floors and it's all quite visually quite kind of fun Ooh. Um, particularly at night if you go up there and look at the city it's 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 that's quite a fun M- thing to M- mirrored floors like, should yeah. one be careful if one is wearing a skirt yes definitely it's pretty it's a, it's a trousers place I'd okay yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> a trousered place that's the trousered subtitle place. below the um, yeah, yeah, the yeah. summit the a summit. trousers one place <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a place for yeah, pants yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> How about you, John? Um, so I lived on the Upper West Side. Um, so I again, I kind of got to get into the get get out of the tourist bubble. Mm. So I would say a really great place was that you introduced me to um, when we first got there was that artisan coffee place. Oh I think yeah, it was just called Artisan Coffee, and I went there almost every morning. Run by this amazing woman called, woman called Anna, um, and just really really nice coffee, really mm. really nice people. Um, so I loved that. Um, I went to a place called Mamon's, I think it was called. Um, the cafe with yeah. the cookies. Yeah, with the so cookies. So it's a little chain, but there are a few, of, like a few, and there's one, oh, Mamon. That was great. There was loads of really good, like just just really, like Zay bars, just mm. really good places where you can get a bagel, just really good food places. I, I really, if you go to visit, I really recommend going to the Upper West Side and going down kind of Columbus and Amsterdam and Broadway because there's loads of restaurants there, but they're more where the New Yorkers eat. Yeah, there was, um, we went to, I went to Blossom on Columbus, yep. which is an entirely vegan restaurant. And then the, on the menu, it's like, oh, you know, mushroom bacon. And you think, oh, is it really bacon? And they're like, everything is vegan. And the amount of times you have to be like, is this got egg in? And they go, everything is vegan and it's incredible <laughs> it's so 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 tasty same with ps kitchen we went there we had a meeting there and uh, that's that was all vegan food and it was am- i'm not vegan but it was amazing. very very good wasn't it like really really good also my, i tell you what i also would recommend and i don't know if it's going to be there for much longer sadly but we had an amazing day at doors of divergence which is like oh, yeah. a, like a sort of it's like Immersive theatre, escape rooms, and choose-your-own-adventure stuff all rolled into one. Uh, it's in Brooklyn. Doors of Divergence. It's absolutely amazing. And if you like that kind of thing, it's very, very cool. And I think, yeah, maybe not there for too much longer. I saw on, on Instagram the other day. Okay, so, check um, it out. So then. definitely go, go and check that out too. Okay, very cool. I went to the Met for the first time. Oh, very good. That was very cool, just talking about doing touristy things. And then I suppose just going back to your earlier question, which was like, what have the differences and changes been? Mm. The last time I went... Um, I was not married and didn't have a child. And this time I've been here and I've been married and I've been a dad, which which also just changes your outlook and changes the activities that you do. So the other thing that I would recommend is the Children's Museum on the Upper West Side, which is a really lovely day out. And if you've got like a newborn, um, which, which is what we have, then... 
there's load there's like a sensory experience room at the top with like ribbons and stuff and then if the child is if a child is like one or two or three or four there's also just loads of stuff where they can you know get in a fire truck and they can touch stuff <laughs> so i really recommend that as a, as a as an experience it's very very good Aww. there's like floors and floors of it there's an outdoor water room um and yeah it was just really a really magical oh, I experience must, i must say congratulations i mean you know being a dad, being yeah. married. Well done, sir. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. But if we had to take another show to New York, like, is there any particular you'd be excited to bring? Ooh. I think, you know... Think about a bank robbery would be super cool. God, yes, I mean, that's obviously set, you know, it's set in America. Um, so I think that would, be, that, would be, that would be a good one, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I'd like that. Although I'd be so nervous about the accents. <laughs> right, they would rip us to shreds. So I don't think. I think we were all right enough for an English audience. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure we'd fool the Americans. Maybe not. It'd be worth the shot. For sure, definitely. I'd love to suspend from the ceiling. I think the back wall sequence. If anyone's seen the comedy about bank robbery, there's a great sequence uh, that involves a very big shift of perspective for the audience, physical perspective, and uh, I think that would go down a treat. Mm-hmm. An absolute treat. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Um, yeah, but you two have been working together, of course, last year on Mind Mangler. Mm. You like, uh, so you're a little double act now. <laughs> well, yeah, so this is a show that just just, it's just me and John do, and it's... Um, uh, my Mangler, the character that uh, I played in um, uh, Magic Goes Wrong, um, and uh, Steve the Stooge, who uh, John played in Magic Goes Wrong. Although he wasn't called Steve back then. He's changed his name. Yeah, he's he changed he's his slightly name. different, isn't he? Why did, he? why did we change the name? I can't remember. It was for a joke. There's all sorts, because he has different names throughout the mm. show, and I think there was a clash with another name or something he couldn't be called. It was confusing for some reason, so we <laughs> yeah. changed it. But, uh, but he's slightly different as well. He's a slightly, slightly different character, isn't he? I think he's slightly less knowing in this in this version of the show. He's he's oh. not quite Dennis, mm. but he has more similarities with Dennis this time around. I think there's the, just just for the nature of the of some of the the scenes, he needs to be a little slower on the uptake, mm. some of the jokes to to really land. But that's but yeah, that's been a lot of fun. We've done that. We did a big tour in the UK just before we came out here. In fact, like we at one point simultaneously. <laughs> There was there was a kind of very very hectic four week period <laughs> yeah. where we were finishing off the Mind Mangler show and doing this and that involved a lot of flying back and forth and 
and and very you know, jumping time zones remarkably quickly. Yes, you did very well, I must say. I was very impressed on that. The day that you arrived, <laughs> you flew into New York and came straight to a rehearsal. And then did you do a show? Henry, did you do a show on a day that you arrived? Mm, I don't know. I don't think I've... No, I didn't... Uh, Nancy did, I think. Oh, maybe I did on... You did no, I think I flew time. back. I think maybe, I, yeah, maybe on the second time I did. The first time, yeah, no, I remember the first time I arrived on a flight, early morning flight, and then got into New York, maybe arrived in the afternoon or something, three, came to do a tech, literally walked in the building, and they were like, oh, great, you're here. We can do the falling out the window bit. And I was oh like, my oh, God. great, yeah, they're growing fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> we, did this, we did this week on Mind Mangler where it was, I think it was six venues in seven days. So we were basically moving every single day. Yeah. The show would finish and we'd all just, so it was more like a kind of stand-up schedule um, or like a kind of, yeah, like it was, it was, a, it was less of a traditional theatre schedule and more something you'd find on the comedy circuit, where we were doing kind of two nights, three nights, but we had this one week where every night we were on the move, and we uh, at the end we did um, the Leeds Grand, the Leeds, 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 Leeds. We did Hull. It's Hull new theatre. Hull new, and then we finished in Bromley, and we did this. What? That's very far away. We did, yeah. So like we were and like we were also in Nottingham. Like we were tr- we did so many miles. It was during the train strike as well. So I I, I yeah. drove almost all of this week. We did Southampton that week as well. So it was it was crazy. Yeah. The travel like up down all over. Yeah. Um, it was mad. Like it was mad. It was we were traveling every day. You know, on a train quite. Far we just had a baby as well. Not me. And the two of you. Yeah, your baby. That you. Like, I was just so tired. So like. I'm quite good at like regulating my emotions, but I don't. I I just remember being so incredibly emotional during that week. <laughs> um, but we got to we got to Bromley. Yeah, we did the show. We finished. There was a there was a a problem with the trains and the tubes, so we 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 were delayed. We got back to Waterloo, I think it was. Got a taxi back to our our separate ho- houses, but they're quite near to each other. Packed for New York had like two hours sleep and then very sweetly Henry's dad picked us up it is, yeah. at about four in the morning oh. drove us to Heathrow we got straight on the on the plane to New York landed at like yeah like 11am New York time and then got a taxi the, the, the most terrifying taxi driver the guy was driving us whilst on Zoom I've never experienced it oh, no. he, he had his phone like pinned to the side and was on Zoom but then we got str- we went straight from the airport to the theatre and then just just begun the the tech but in fact no the child sorry, sorry I'm getting all my things confused here because at that point the child um, Jesse Joy wasn't born no no this was before yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we did that then uh, the tech and then but I it was it was imminent it was on the way you had that like looming over you you didn't quite know when it might happen because yeah. there's a load of stuff I mean yes that is that's pretty epic uh, I'm I I, I feel was, like I didn't know was, all of that it was cra- it really, <laughs> it really it was, was crazy really crazy yeah the I mean the Mind Mangler tour was amazing like the audiences were absolutely fantastic. And I, but I just I, I want to uh, give special mention to the the stage management team on that show because oh. they did so insanely well to move yeah. that show every day. They were in early, getting it all set up, lighting, sound check, everything, and then they were there after yeah. the show, packing it down, getting it all. Uh, you know, it was um, and then running the show and stuff. It like they did so well, and often and doing th- their own driving and and traveling great distances on buses and stuff because because there was there was no tr- there was no transport. No trains, yeah, yeah, and uh, like if, if there are any. Americans listening, like the Brits will know, but we like our trains in the UK. Like trains really sort us out. <laughs> yeah, 
we're not into that. We, we, you know, everybody can drive on the motorways, but we're, it, it, we're a tr- if we want to get across the country, it's actually the easiest by train. And I definitely, definitely get reliant on it. And when the trains are down, I just go, oh, I can't go anywhere. I feel yeah. like completely lost. I drove London to Edinburgh. Oh! No, London to Glasgow to Edinburgh, then back to London for a show, and then the next day drove to Liverpool. But, 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 oh, John! But, but I must say, there was no train strike at that point. That, that was John's decision. The drive to Edinburgh was an active choice. That wasn't out of necessity. Oh, you've been outed, and John. everyone was rather surprised you made that decision. You also lost your car keys in Edinburgh. Oh, yeah, you did. I did, I did. I'd left them in the gym. Oh, um, so I was, I was very fortunate in that respect. Edinburgh was a joyful stop. We were in Edinburgh on Burns Night. Oh, wow. Um, mm. Which we learned actually is more for the tourists. <laughs> when we spoke to the genuine Scots, they were a bit like, no, we don't really, we don't really do that. But we did go to a haggis house and had haggis and uh, whiskey, and uh, that oh, was yeah. absolutely delightful, yeah. That uh, was great. I had some carrots, because um, I, I don't eat meat, so I had, this, yeah, yeah. I had this kind of carrot-based... Haggis. Just, you know, oh, it, it was, well, it was a carrot-based haggis. It, it wasn't was, just some carrots. They weren't like, here's some haggis for you, sir, and here are some carrot sticks no, for you. No, they, they just were kind of chopped version. it up. They, they weren't, they weren't, it was a haggis and whiskey place. Mm. So they, they, were, they were like, oh, we don't really get a lot of people who, who don't eat haggis in here. But they, that's kind of our USP. <laughs> but there are versions now in, the, in Scotland where they've done like a vegan or a yeah. vegetarian version, but they didn't, it wasn't so... Uh, no, they didn't have that. So developed. Okay, interesting. I mean, you two must have to, you must get on quite well. I mean, I know you do, but the... Uh, yeah, well, you know, John and I, we, uh, we, 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 spend, we spend quite a lot of time together. We do, we do. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's just as well that we're, we're pals. But we, we, were, we were actually talking about the... Because t- we, we, in fact, in LA, this is... The, usually, me and Hen share a dressing room right. as well. And we, we have our own dressing rooms here. But I find that we we gravitate to one another's dressing rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that a secret for how we are able to spend so much time together is we're very very comfortable in each other's company. So we mm-hmm. can just sit for for vast hours almost without saying anything if mm-hmm. we, if, we, if that Aww. feels right. That sounds like a really good marriage. Mm. In in many ways, that's what we have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, no. I think it would be well because when, when you spend as much time together as, as John and I do, and like when you're especially traveling together and stuff, yeah, I think yeah, you've got to, you've got to, yeah. It's sometimes it's 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 good to just be um to be able to just be kind of you know chilled and you know mm. listen to music or whatever together. Or um, I mean, you do actually have partners, other partners. We do. We, we absolutely do. Yeah. do. Yeah, but yeah. in no, a no. way, you two are the main love story of mischief. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I do think of you as the Duranis. I mean, I'm just going to say it now. Like, when I watched my, the My Mangler show in London, uh, what, back in sort of winterish time? You saw yes. it in February at the Garrick, yeah? Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, and it was quite exciting because I think because it was a one night in London thing, we had a lot of people who were very excited to come and specifically see you, see the show. They knew about, they were, you were like celebs. And uh, you got this response that was much like what I can only imagine the sort of two Ronnies might have got if they'd done a live show. And then the two of you up there, I was like, wow, yeah, they actually really have been working together for about 15 years and they they really know each other. And this is a really good show. I mean, I've always thought it was a good show, but your relationship with each other on stage is so special. And I, 
and clearly it's sort of fed by how easily you work together off stage as well um and it's quite special to watch so if anyone ever gets the chance to watch mind mangler member of the tragic circle i really recommend that you do because it's a little bit I, i imagine one day you'll be saying to someone younger than you you know i saw those two live once and people go no really the way if i speak to someone and they say they saw Morecambe and Wise. I'm like, whoa. Oh, high, high praise indeed. That is high praise. Thank, Thank you. you. That's very sweet of you. Yeah, I mean it. I mean, well, we, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if we'll have, I don't know. But it, it, oh, it, look, I got you all you, nervous. We're all, awkward. <laughs> we're all sat awkwardly around this table now. We're very British. None of us know what to do with the love that is sat at our table, much like... Uh, this bear claw that John has brought for us. It does look like quite an event. And it looks delicious. It's a bit, over, a bit overwhelming, isn't it? There's it is so much huge. going on with that. It's There's huge. a lot going on. Covered in like, sugar. Shall I, have, shall, I have a, shall I have a bite of it? Oh my God, Should we yeah. do it on the, on the podcast? On yeah. the podcast, okay. biting of I'm the gonna, bear claw. Oh God, I, like, I don't even know where to start with it. It's huge. So it's, I think you, kind of, you rip it. I think it's like a tear and share. Tear and kind share. Of, I think that's yeah, what yeah, the yeah. kind of... Oh, hello. Oh, it's like a pan of chocolate inside. It's a kind of sort of like horseshoe shaped big pastry with almonds and icing for those of you listening and mm. i'm gonna i'm gonna bite into it now here we go here we go oh mm. oh oh <laughs> oh oh yeah it's good and it's really like you're not eating it at all you're just doing the sounds of someone I eating am. a it's in, no it's in there this no, is, not, this is <laughs> not feigning eating i'm not like mm. No, no, it's this, is all, this is an awful it. audio experience. That's good. This is this is how all audio should be, just people eating things. Oh. It's actually probably my least favourite thing in the world would be to listen to people Yeah, you don't like food. the sound of mastication, do I, you? Mastication, I do not. <laughs> what? what? That, that, that's but the other a, thing, definitely. Big fan. <laughs> Love the Major sound of that. Major fan. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> oh my goodness, I've gone bright red. Uh, far too much has been revealed. Very quickly, now yes. we've all had a bit of bear claw. Oh, well, you haven't had any bear I claw, but I'm having some now. I think I'll have that later. Oh, it's really good, guys. You should okay, well, I'll have, a, little, oh, I'll have a, a tiny bit. I'll have a tiny <laughs> bit. Of Isn't it nice? It's kind of like, what's it like? like um, I'll have a tiny bit. It's a bit breadier than mm. like a croissant or... Oh, I see. Yeah, it's not like a pan of chocolate, really. It's more like a... If a pan of chocolate and a Danish mm-hmm. had a child... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then... Yeah, You'd kind of be looking at this. A, a tiny bit spongier, but that might be just this style. Mm. The mm. sweet icing on the top, very good. Oh. It's from a little independent store called Whole Foods. Um, <laughs> which is, we're, so we're in LA, we're downtown LA. Mm. And LA is very cool, but the bit that we're in is kind of, there's not such, if, you, if you're going into, you kind of get a car to, to a lot of places mm. in LA. So there's not a huge amount where we are. We've got this lovely hotel that we're living in. And then there's a Whole Foods across the road. And that's, that's, there's not a huge amount mm. of other stuff. Well, I'm sold. I'm on board with the Bear Claw. I absolutely excellent. Bear Claw. Moving away from the Bear ten. Claw very oh, quickly. What? Just okay. to say that yeah. going back into this show, because we've not done a big, long run together yeah. for quite some time. And I think yeah, that right. I'm doing this and also doing Play That Goes Wrong in the UK when we did that two weeks back, I've been really two reminded... We did, we did two weeks back in Play That Goes Wrong. Oh, I, see, I think it meant Newcastle. like two weeks ago. I was, like, I, I was not there for that. <laughs> oh, no, I missed it. Oh, no, we didn't. Oh, we, we forgot to ask Charlie. How dare you? But you didn't get anyone to replace me, so there no. was just a gap no, in my really, life. It was quite <laughs> awkward, actually. Very stilted um, performance. You felt weird. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, we did just, it for those two weeks. I was just kind of throwing that back to everyone that I think that I've just been reminded how wonderful um, our chemistry is as a group yeah. on stage and how much kind of... Um, 
synergy the, there is and kind of how much unspoken stuff that happens every single show. Mm. Um, and also, particularly doing play that goes wrong, but I, I would say here as well, where there's been a huge amount of recognition from the audience. Mm. Something has happened in the pandemic, and it's been really odd because I would say pre-pandemic, we were doing Magic Goes Wrong, um, and we were doing um, Grown Ups. Mm-hmm. And probably at that point, there wasn't a huge amount of recognition for us as individuals. Mm-hmm. I'd say it was more like, oh, we're watching Mischief, but it was all about the show. Yeah. And I'd say that post-pandemic, because the two seasons of the Goes Wrong show have come out, and mm-hmm. we've been doing a lot of stuff online during the pandemic, there's more recognition for us all as people. Yeah. And that, that, that me- just if you're a listener and, and you've kind of been at one of our shows in the last kind of one and a half years and you've been part of that really warm reception we've had, it, me- it means a tremendous amount. Like, so, so it's been lovely. so, so lovely. So thank you. Thank you for that. For yeah, the warm, thanks for coming Thank back. you for the warm applause. I appreciate it. I love a bit of applause, I've got to say. <laughs> <you know? laughs> if I have a day where I haven't had any, it's just tough. I find mm. it really hard. But also, I, it's something that I, I get a lot of feedback from is because we did um, various different ways. We did Mischief Movie Night streamed. So, like, at the beginning, the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, but also the summer of 2021, we did Mischief Movie Night In, which is our improv show, if anybody doesn't know. It's a imp- long-form improv show um, where we improvise a movie. Um and you could stream it, and, and that was super fun. Mm. And we would sometimes, when uh, restrictions were a bit looser, we could have some live audience as well. But sometimes, you go- I didn't do this one, but you guys didn't even have anyone there. So you yeah. didn't have any feedback. And yet, it was streaming, and it still worked. And I think maybe that's why like we kind of entered people's homes in a time, creating something strangely live, mm. in a time when you couldn't access something that was live. Yeah. Yeah. I think as well, like, there's quite a lot of people that mention it at stage door, mm. kind of saying, well, thank you, you got us through the pandemic, or thank you, you yeah. gave us a little dose of normality. And the only reason I mention that is is my, always, my immediate response is kind of to, to thank the audience. Cause, yeah. Because I actually think we all kind of gave each other something quite special in that yeah. time, because we just had a little window in in the day where obviously things didn't feel normal, but we went to work mm. and there was that kind of after show buzz and you could think about how the show went it was quite strange particularly the no audience versions because the the setting that we were filming in the comedy bunker um was quite was quite was quite um uh, a sterile environment you know there's a lot of constant cleaning like had to be always fogged like uh, tested before the show yeah like a like an anti-viral fog oh i thought you meant just you know there was a fog there was a fog there was a mist that you insisted on henry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Got my personal fog. Right oh, Henry likes personal fog. And you had no idea <laughs> if it was, you know, all the all the camera team were in like essentially like in hazmat. They were they were like masked, yeah, like double masked with like screens on and stuff. So it was quite a strange environment. And there was so much testing and everything was very very safe, right? Yeah, very. And that's yeah. quite challenging too. Yes. No. Yeah. For sure. Like to, work to kind of be in that kind of medicalized setting and then to then to be playful and funny, you've got to kind of work at that. I think. Um, but the, the really fun thing as well was you had no idea what the audience thought until you got home and scrolled through oh, social media yeah. and found out. So it was a really unusual experience. But Yeah, I remember doing it in the, uh, the Riverside in the summer. And what was also really cool was that rarely at that time could you be feeling that thing where everyone comes together to do the same thing at the same time. Mm. And, yeah. you know, now with 
streaming and TV and stuff, you know, we all watch TV shows and we all talk about them, but rarely do we all sit down at the same time like we used to, <laughs> but, you know, in the old days. Uh, oh, well, you know, event television. Yeah. And it was nice to kind of feel as though, oh, not only is everyone watching it, but also, like, there are people across the world who have all tuned in at this point. So there's a connection that we'd all lost because we couldn't travel or we couldn't do stuff. Yeah. And there were people we know about you guys who have contacted each other like over the internet from like who live in America and England and like, India. And then everybody sort of connects and becomes friends. And that's cool. There was, you guys um, are cool. I really remember like uh, such a fun thing on that was um, when we did the live movie night, I think the following summer or something, was it maybe? Last year in Edinburgh. Uh, no, it was at the re- it was one of the Regent's Park shows, which would have been what summer twenty one, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, yeah, and I remember there was um, there were three uh, three girls there who were kind of who'd become pals, and they said, "Oh yeah, yeah," because we were all just they didn't know each other. They're from different parts of the country. They'd stayed on. They watched Mischief Movie Night in as the live Zoom audience. And at the end of the show, they'd stayed on the Zoom call and like just got chatting. And then they met up and they became pals and then they were like this, this, this like group of friends. And then they all came to see the show live in London. It was really cool. Such a nice kind of story. We had that in New York actually. Um, Sorry, I'm going to cough. Hold on. (coughs) I'll cough as well. (coughs) Very good, Henry. (laughs) Very good. That was quite weird, wasn't it? I don't know why. I wonder if this will be cut out, to be honest. That was just for us. I think that's gold. I think we've got to keep that in. (laughs) But um, uh, the bear claw was a mistake, John, on purpose. It's it's quite like, it it claws at the throat, doesn't it? It's claggy. It's still there. A claggy claw. A claggy claw. Clawing. 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 Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, But at the the end of New York, we had, um, I think Nancy saw it, or Ellie or something, that um, there were people on the internet putting on their Instagram stories, you know, if anybody's a fan of mischief and are thinking of coming to the end, the final show and want to sort of meet up beforehand. So it meant you might go on your own, but then like make new friends and watch the final show Mm. on Broadway together. Mm. I think that's lovely. I mean, just, you know, public service, practice uh, safety and don't give out your personal information to people you don't know and don't trust, blah, 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 and internet safety. But it's just really nice that there's a way to do that where you can take care of yourself and have a, and make new friends, and I love it. So cool. There was yeah. Yeah, a video I saw online of, yeah, like a group of fans got together at Bright Park before, yeah. before the last show. And, and they had a, a little like a little a, Max on a skateboard thing. Yeah, they did, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, yeah. What, I mean, people have asked a lot about the difference between the New York audiences and the LA audiences, and I don't know if there is a huge difference, but I think people are interested in the idea that we've come to LA now with Peter Pan Goes Wrong, mm. and it's theatre, because... LA is La La Land. We are, it's known for Hollywood and TV and film. Mm. Obviously, fantastically. Mm. But we've brought theatre. Yeah, I mean, there's, well, there's, not, there's not tons and tons of theatre here, yeah, right. as you say. And, and I think, yeah, so I, th- I think, um, I think um, hopefully people are yeah, enjoying the show. It seems we, to be going down yeah. quite well. Yeah. I think it's been a really... It's an unusual time to be here in mm-hmm. LA because... All of Hollywood is essentially on strike. So the writers are on strike and the actors are on strike, um, all the SAG members. And I think that means that... I, I, I feel like people are really enjoying the show in the sense that maybe there's a bit of frustration and, and not necessarily doom and gloom, but it's a trying time for a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. And I think that 
a show that is just silly. I found that in general recently, though, because because there's quite a lot of stuff in life at the moment that's quite challenging and quite difficult mm. and maybe anxiety is, for, for most people, for one reason or another, is a little higher than it has been in the last kind of five or six years. The work is really appreciated because it is just silliness and joy mm. for, for the sake of doing that. So I've found that the audiences here have been really receptive and, like, from the... Like, sometimes you've got to kind of preheat the oven and the show builds. Yeah. And I would say here, like, they've they've started at kind of 400 degrees. You know, they're really... They're hot. They're really hot to the touch from the top. Oh my goodness! Um, and it's been so full, right? Not that I'm not that we're, no, not we're, not, that I'm we're, we're never touching no. the audience. Okay? Promise, do do come and see the show. Uh, we will not we touch, will you. Not touch you. Um, but Unless you ask us to. But even in that even case, then we won't. I it's within reason. I, will. I have a thermometer, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll check you. Um, <laughs> But it's, I think that's been a really nice... Th- and, and the audience is large here. Like, so the Ethel Barrymore was... Ju- yes, was just <laughs> over a 1,000 people. And here, it's just over 2,000 people. Yeah. And we've been pretty much sold out for almost every show. So there's... I really like playing very large houses. I think it's super, super fun. Like, you, like there's the whole... I, I totally get when you're in a 350, 400 seat, you get that intimacy where you can do a tiny little look and... Everyone can see that. But there's something so joyous about playing these places where it's huge. And I think as well there's a there's a kind of confidence in numbers from the audience. Mm-hmm. So so they ju- I think you're able to just kind of lose yourself yeah. a lot quicker because you're just part of this. You feel a little of... more anonymous, right? Exactly. So you, you can really just laugh yourself silly. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe if there's 300 people or 400 people, you, it takes you a little time to, to lose yourself and feel mm-hmm. anonymous, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. said. Mm. Yeah. It does, it's like, I think people are like, oh, you know, no one goes to the theatre in LA. And you're right, maybe it's because people have a little bit more time on their hands, but they don't necessarily have more money because mm. if they're not working. So it's it's not necessarily like that much easier. But um, I would say LA has been extremely positive and theatre going and... Really? Well, yeah, we we got been, to yeah. go to Disneyland Park. We did. That was uh, just a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah, and we met people who'd seen the show. Yeah. I met four different sets of people who'd seen the show. <laughs> it was very strange yeah. and very cool. Two people who worked there, two um, sets of people who were theatre goers. Yeah. And clearly, you know, people in LA, they'll do it if it's on. They'll come. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No. People have definitely been very kind of uh, very out for getting involved and uh, and coming along. They're very vocal. I mm. would say. Very vocal, yeah. Very kind of excitable, very kind of... American audiences in general, very just very supportive mm. of the character's journey, you know, of of, uh, of Max in particular. Mm. You know, mm. all, they love all, that, yeah. all that stuff, you know, they, they're really kind of behind them and they really like that uh, that kind of element of the, the mm-hmm. you know, really rooting for the characters that uh, that uh, go through some, uh, some tough times. But I have a question for you, Henry, because... There is a speech at the top of Act Two mm. of Peter Pan Goes Wrong that yes. is a little darker. Yes. It talks about yes. the death of a child. <laughs> it does, yeah. It's yeah. not funny, yeah. Uh, but it is funny. And in the UK, <laughs> I've got to say, that goes down very well mm. because our British audiences are, um, they like the darker side of things. How have you found it? I've had a few people say, how is that going down in America? And I would love to know because obviously I'm not there while it's happening. I'm behind the, yeah. behind the curtain. Honestly, like I think I, I in New York, I think it, it it didn't land as well. Really, here in LA, I'm finding it's 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 okay. It's a little better, uh, but like a New York, particularly a matinee in New York, it was a little tricky. I think with all the children, 
Yeah, because you kind of so the, so the speech basically is if you haven't seen the show, it's like um, uh, Robert comes out at the top of Act Two and just so he says that he's going to stall for some time, and Chris says you're going to speak for some time. He's like, oh yes, of course, and he just talks a little bit about sorry about the technical difficulties we're facing, and then he says uh, Peter Pan obviously took a fall at the end of Act One and. Um, uh, he'll, but he'll be okay. Um, uh, his injuries are certainly less severe than those sustained during the first act of our production of Oliver the Musical and goes on to explain uh, that Mr. Bumble fell over on top of a child um, and crushed him and Robert had parked in the ambulance bay <laughs> and the paramedics couldn't get to the boy in time. And so he sadly passed. That's the line. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you've essentially and done the entire I have just done Not much though. <laughs> no, not much. But, but that's, and that's how it is. I think like, your abridging has kind of made it longer in no, the right? <laughs> really, yeah. Um I've uh, unbridged it. But um, <laughs> But it I but and so that bit, that line of like um and uh sadly he uh passed, you know, is <laughs> I've, I've not before now I've not really thought about actually how shocking it is but obviously it is quite shocking that this kid died in a production of the thing and of course Why later you, you well, I've changed how I've done it because of the audience and so I, I, a lot of usually in the UK big laugh there but um, in New York people are just a bit more like you get a few gasps and you get people being like like once someone was just like why like people were like like they're confused <laughs> As to why, like, why, like, it, why I, is this story? Being why told? are you telling this? What have, what have you done? And like, it's, it's. I think just like there's such a kind of sincere earnestness. Mm. Whereas I think in the UK, maybe it's a sit back kind of. You view it as more of a sort of a joke. You can, yeah, I think you just see it in a different way. Like well, we, we just sort of know it's not. I don't know. Of course, the audiences in America know it's not. True. They know it's not real, not. but it, they're just somehow more kind of in the thing, and they don't want to see suffering in the same way. Yes. Like in the US version of The Office, like in the UK version of The Office, there's that classic bit of David Brent doing the dance, and everyone in the office is gathered around, they're watching, and they're mortified, and it's excruciating, and he kind of it's does it, and it kind of tails off and peters out, and all that is just left to hang out there like a horrible kind of thing. In the US office, they would never do that. I don't think no. they would never have Michael Scott being so kind of like exposed. And, and obviously, he, he, yeah, he embarrasses himself, but it's done in a, in, a, in a cleaner, less sort of, there's less suffering in it. Yeah. And I think that's that's the thing that is the difference, I think, in, in sort of taste. But I have found it different here. Like with the past line, I've done it like I've, in the UK, I try and do it as a real sort of like he sadly, you know, passed and really kind of try and, you know, really rem- remember that moment of like how sad that was and kind of and people <laughs> like that, I think. But yeah, here, and in, in England, they laugh because it's so like awkward and shocking yeah 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 exactly and i think people are comfortable to be like <laughs> it didn't really happen it's okay we can laugh at this yeah but here it's weird and so here i've tried to play it more i've thrown the past away a bit more so like he sadly or past you know and kind of do <laughs> do a bit more of a kind of like oh yeah no that happened sorry about that uh, but you know, moving on and kind of try i've tried to sort of soften it that way yeah and i think that works a little better but it is tricky mm-hmm. it's definitely trickier here yeah it is and it there's just some more sort of um they really, they, I don't know if, the, if this is fair. I mean, obviously, all of this is slightly generalised. But in the UK, we quite like to watch people in pain. Our favourite thing is to watch the idiot, like, get his comeuppance. So people really mm. latch on to Chris Bean, you know, losing it and bad things happening to him. And we enjoy that. I mean, don't get me mm. wrong. The Americans enjoy that too. But with the soppy stuff, Brits can, British audiences can tend to be less excited by that. 
We're like, oh yeah, soppy stuff, cool. Bit too saccharine, people feel. Bit yeah. too saccharine, maybe. Yeah. Whereas in the US, like, it's just a lot of joy. That there's sort of a support of the hope, mm. support of that um, hero story that um, you know, overcoming the obstacles and the good guy getting what they deserve in the good way, um, which is really, really sweet. And I, I I'll miss that, I think. Mm, I love yeah. how they get behind Lucy, whereas in the UK, we love that Lucy just gets more and more hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, it, is, it is so funny. I guess just in the, in the US, it's more like, I guess everyone's reference points are more like, you know, Disney movies, a classic right. Hollywood American movies where it is kind of, there's a happy ending and it, mm. that's how it is. Whereas in the UK, it's more like Falls Towers, Blackadder, things with a, yeah. a harder age, perhaps. But, yeah, yeah, no, totally. I was just going to say, I think that, again, huge generalisation, but I think that in the UK, we find failure quite funny. Mm, schadenfreude. Yeah, that there's more of that. And, and, and just like we're happy in those, in those moments of pain. Whereas I found in the US, maybe just like you two said, people want, want the winner. Our producer said, well, we like winners out here. Mm. And I think there is, there, is, there is a kind of truth to that. They, they don't really want to see someone embarrassed or lose. They, so the audiences, as a result, are super supportive yeah. out here. Like, there's bits where people would just laugh at you in the UK and, like, it almost feels a little mean. But it's not, because there's a kind of... There's a, well, we're asking an, them to do Yeah, that. there's an implicit contract, right, about, about what we're doing. Whereas here... They a really good p- moment is at the moment we've got the delightful Bradley Whitford oh, with us. Wonderful. Mm. And one of the things that he's his kind of take on the narrator character is that he's only here because there's a strike and he's a bit jaded and a bit too good for all this. But mm. this is I all love he can by the do. way that he's made that choice. I think that's so great. Which mm. is super funny, and he's kind of really happy to send himself up as the kind of egotistical actor. Mm-hmm. And kind of as it goes on, he gets more and more humiliated. And there's this bit where he gets heard off mic talking about how humble he is as a performer and how he's full of humility, but also, like, why on earth is he performing with the with these amateurs? Mm. And then he walks out, and the joke is he's carrying all the awards he's won in his career. So he's <laughs> carrying Emmys. all his Emmys and stuff. And, the, you know, the joke is obviously that's not very humble. Um, and I find the response to that so interesting, because I think if you did that in the UK, people would laugh at the fact that he's... The joke there is it suggests that he just walks backstage and he's so, you know, he's, he's so fragile that he needs to hold his awards as soon as he goes backstage and he's polishing them. And I think that would get a huge laugh. Whereas in the US, he comes out and there is a huge moment of applause and everyone just celebrates genuinely, earnestly and full heartedly the fact that he's won all these awards. Yeah. And I can't see a world in the UK where everyone would be like, oh, bravo, you've, you, yeah. you're a success. I think people would, would laugh at that and really want to see that character taken down a couple of pegs. Yeah. Whereas here, there's just, I don't think that's, that doesn't seem to be in the locker. People are really happy that he's won those things and yeah. kind of want them to be brought back out more so they can continue to celebrate them. I would say that. that like, <laughs> it's definitely, there's no sort of better or worse thing. It's that I think what's amazing about um, the American culture that I've experienced so far is um, the bravery to be joyful, the bravery to celebrate. So it, mm-hmm. I find like in the UK or personally, it's quite a vulnerable thing in a way to... To actually stand there 
bear and go, I'm, I'm really proud of this thing or I mm. really love this thing or this is wonderful. We're either afraid that we're inviting disaster, that we're tempting fate, that we're going to mm. get our comeuppance from getting, for being a bit too excited or happy about this thing or uh, we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Oh, a good thing's coming, that means a bad thing's coming. Or, you know, don't, don't be too big for your boots, don't get ahead of yourself. And so you're scared and so we don't do it. Yeah. Whereas Americans are sort of brave in their ability. It's quite vulnerable to be joyful. It's so, yeah, it's so interesting. We, we found, something we found is with interviews and stuff, um, it's quite British to be kind of, uh, to be quite... Um, self-deprecating. Self-deprecating, modest kind of, I guess, maybe more. Yeah, when they say, oh, you guys are doing amazingly, aren't you amazing? And we go, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, you, no, you, you do, yeah you do, it's definitely British to be like, oh, no, 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 yeah, and, and throw that away. I think sometimes, weirdly, that here, like in, in the US, comes off slightly as rudeness. Yeah, I think Almost so. like you're not accepting the other person's positivity of what you're doing. And I think that is true in a way. It's kind of rude. I've thought about that more and more. Like when we say, oh, no, 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 it was actually rubbish. Oh, no, it wasn't that good. It's like, well, that other person took the time to pay you a compliment. And they're saying that they think it's really good. And so if you brush that off, you're actually undermining (laughs) that they liked it, which is kind (laughs) of mean. So I've definitely learned a lot more from being here in the States to go, oh, thank you. I'm really glad you liked it. Yeah, you know what? I'm really proud of it, too. And that's okay. You're not being arrogant. There's a there's a grey area between you know painfully humble and overtly arrogant. There's a nice middle ground where you can be both, where you can have perspective mm. and you can be you know have your feet on the ground, but mm. you're also oh it's okay to say yeah I'm really proud of it. And I think that's changed within the company whilst we've been here. I'm like yeah you know what I'm really really proud of Peter Pan goes wrong. I'm really, really proud. I've been on Broadway twice. That's awesome. Mm, I don't think I innately deserved it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I don't take it for granted. Mm-mm. But we're re- we are lucky. A lot of luck came into this journey because you know, without luck, it doesn't matter. It's sort of one of those things we talk about a lot. But you got you need the three things. You need the talent. You need the hard work. But you also need the luck. And if you're missing one, it doesn't quite work. I know lots of people with lots of talent and who work really hard. But if you don't get the break that you can then take advantage of with your hard work and your talent, it's really, it's a really tricky business. For sure. Definitely. We got a bit deep. We did. Philosophical because of the Americans. (laughs) You know. Quick, let's make it lighthearted. Banana trouser. Yes, we're at British and we cannot sit in uh, how emotionally open we're being. No, I agree, I agree with all that. I, I totally agree with, with what you've just said there. Oh, well, thanks. I appreciate that. There you go. I'm getting better at it. All right. I've got some uh, silly little questions. Um, silly questions. Silly, silly little questions. questions. So actually, seeing as you did share a dressing room in New York, this is still going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, in your dressing room, this is a game I played with. Ellie and Matt and Harry, we did a kind of Mr. and Mrs. and Mrs. and Mr. dressing room quiz where we previously answered the questions and like separately from each other and then found out what the other person had said in the moment. But this time, I'm just going to quick fire. And if you disagree, then um, you will have to fight with okay. the bear claw. In your <laughs> dressing room, who is the first in the dressing room? Ooh. I think that. Who's the first to get there? Oh, it really depends. It depends. It depends. Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, in New York, because I in New York, I well in between shows, I I I I quite often headed back to my place. 
So maybe John probably, I would say. Yeah, I kind of stayed. Yeah, Yeah, kind of once I was in for the day, I was kind of in for the day. Yeah, it was the same, yeah. Okay, okay, interesting. Who's the messiest? Oh. Three, two, one. John. Maybe me, but But then I'd, I'd say I'm really like quite like specific about where everything goes so i'm quite like neat but i'm i can be really bad with like um forgetting i i lose stuff so like so i kind of my neatness is a is a coping mechanism for the fact that otherwise just everything ends up all over the place mm-hmm. so i would say that i'm quite ordered and weirdly meth- in my head i'm very ordered and methodical but maybe to the outside, untrained eye, <laughs> I look like a kind of chaos machine. Okay. Who out of the two of you is most likely to start a riot? Start a riot? Yeah, who's the, uh, the truculent one? Um, I may, maybe me, but I, don't, I probably wouldn't start a riot. No. But I don't Neither think either of us are likely to do that. But maybe me, I don't know, or maybe you, I don't know. I don't know. We're, we're, we're both pretty moderate moderate understanding men so there's not like we're more likely to you know write a formal letter of you know write an email really a very sort of, of gently but firmly written email than a riot yeah yeah I'm sure. that's more my my route to solving a problem who's going to start a riot if anyone starts right in the group cast crew from peter the peter yeah, pan goes yeah, wrong go on, go on. team yeah, he's going to start a riot. Uh, I've got a uh, yeah, Matt Who'd Cavendish, absolute, <laughs> absolute f- fucking monster. <laughs> Stephen Anthony, Stephen Anthony, because oh, because he's so Anthony. quiet and calm. But under that, I imagine, you know, you could come in and he's just destroyed the place. <laughs> <laughs> he could definitely organise us into quite a, a mm. well-oiled rioting machine. Yeah, yep. Stephen was in our uh, podcast, the Understudy podcast, and he um, he would get us all to play games in the in between shows, and he was very good at sort of sorting group things. So I imagine if he decided that what as a group we should do was have a riot, <laughs> it would happen. Yeah, yeah. We organised. Yeah, yeah. Um, who smells the best? Me, because I wear quite a lot of cologne. Very Did good. you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I can do. Yeah, oh, and I'm always and I wear I use that sun bum. You do. Shower gel. So I always smell kind of like the beach at you the moment. You do. You are beach. Not that you smell bad, Hen. But no, no, I'm, I, no, I'm I, often I, wearing I like scent. Scent. <laughs> Who takes the longest to get ready? The longest to get ready for, for the, the show? show. Uh, well, probably me. But then I've got kind of a, a more complicated costume. Yeah, layers that's okay. There's no judgment here. There's a real, there's a reason. The human onion over here compared yeah, a to... a lot of layers. Whereas uh, you're just wearing a nightie. I just wear like a bag, essentially. It's like <laughs> a linen bag. That <laughs> I tell you a difference though is Hen, Hen gets ready very quickly, very early for a show and likes to kind of be in costume well ahead of time, very prepped. I like to wait until the last possible second oh, to get ready. So I don't really get ready until like a couple of minutes before I'm Extremely off stressful, that, isn't it? That, yeah, you know, that really, really stresses to me out. Like, just to let the clock run down, you know, in that <laughs> Why way. Why would you do that to yourself no, I don't every day? I, don't I find my costume quite drafty. John, John. You could have a robe. <laughs> John does have a robe. But, um, oh, I do. But John, like, John, uh, this is an interesting point this maybe is slower than the quick questions but oh i'm i'm okay with this okay so john until very recently mainly in london i think not mm. so much in new york no actually maybe in the first new york run play that goes wrong 2017 maybe as well john would enjoy going out yeah yeah 
into the street after the half hour call. <gasps> so if you're not familiar with theatre, you have a half hour call, which is actually 35 minutes before the show. And then you have a beginner's call at five minutes before. So the half is half an hour before beginners. And uh, technically, everyone is supposed to be in the building. It's really bad. And, um, John. Uh, and, uh, but John is always like, it's the half, I've got to go out, got to buy it. And he goes out and buys a Twix or a, some sort of, <laughs> sort, of, sort of snack. Um, no, even this, even this run, like I'd, I'd go to Krispy Kremes, <laughs> which was nearby, and I'd bring back like a full company box of donuts or something. Oh but goodness, I do like to leave it late. Donuts, yeah, like, to, the donuts were masking the fact that you were, you know, flouting the rules, flaunting, flouting, yeah. flouting is just playing the flute. <laughs> <laughs> you love playing those rules like a flute. <laughs> oh my god. But, I believe it. But you sign. You would sign in, and then you'd just be you'd be a one. <gasps> um, I don't even know if the stage management team knew. No, but no, of they, they know. don't. Now, now it's going to be broadcast. Now, now, that they, I, now they know. I like but, to be. <laughs> we're coming to the end. I quite like to be very stimulated, particularly before going on stage. I like there to be lots of like noise, and I quite like to do emails before the show, or like read a book, or I quite like to have a lot going on. I find that that means that I'm more likely to kind of be like comedically inspired so I quite like it to feel quite so I sometimes like will impose a sense of of um anxiety of, of, of like <laughs> madness before before although I've kind of stopped doing that a little bit because also like I like I, I try and keep that separate to me so that backstage I'm I'm reasonably calm and you know I'm not running around but I, I quite I don't like to just kind of sit there until five minutes before I go on and then everything goes quiet, I have a little moment and then out we go. No, I'm very, very different. Yeah. I think. I'm more I like you, Chaz, I think. Just yeah. like, I like calm. Quite often before the show, I'd be about five minutes before we start and I'd be like, have a good show, John. And I'd leave the dressing room to go downstairs. <laughs> John's still in his own clothes, halfway through a sort of like takeaway curry, <laughs> writing an email. <laughs> And yeah. you'd be like, what's going to happen in the next five minutes How is this <laughs> to get happen? you on stage? Yeah, that is not my way of doing things. I mean, I like—I know what you mean about I don't want to necessarily sit in the quiet and then go on cold. Mm. But I like to be ready and then I sort of wander around seeing people and chatting to people and making sure I've seen everyone before I go on. And I quite like that, like that little build-up. But I know makeup, hair, wig, costume, we all done. Mm-hmm. Not, I, I prefer that. Okay, this is fascinating. Um, who of the two of you has the best hair? Three, two, one. I would say John. I think. Yeah. Oh, I, I think you know. both have got excellent hair. heads of hair. Well, thanks very much. I when my, you've my, got my... facial hair. You've got a great beard as well. This is true. Double hair. Yeah. Double I've only hair. got single hair. I can't really grow anything on my on my um, below the nose. <laughs> and above. And above the, the chin. Neck. Yeah, above the neck, like... not above the chin. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine that now. Um, <clears throat> who spends the most time on social media? Neither of you are particularly a slave to it. I try and spend le- I try and spend less time on it um, because it does freak me out. Kind of how it can be quite addictive and kind of creep into your life, and you spend a lot of time. Yeah. On it. But um, I think we both go fa- through phases where we get quite hooked. Yeah, yeah. To yeah, it. Yeah. Um, All right. Who's the grumpiest of the two of you? I think you're more grumpy than me. But I wouldn't say you're maybe. grumpy. Maybe it is me. Yeah, I, I could be were grumpy. You, were you going to say me? I don't know. I think, I don't know. You, I don't know. You, have, you have moments of being uh, I can be frustrated like, with things. But I can get, yeah, like I'll get a bee in my bonnet about yeah, a yeah, thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm more like, yeah, I can, you, you're quite uh, phlegmatic. Is that the right word? Phlegma, phlegmatic about stuff. Mm-hmm. But you can be more like. Brood? Yeah, you can brood. 
over something that, that will... If something winds mm-hmm. you up, I would say that you would brood over it, which I suppose to me is grumpy, whereas I would be like... Rah, 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 and then... <laughs> and then it's gone. Mm-mm-mm. You know, so the, the bee and the brood. I think we get. I think we get bee annoyed. Next <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> I think we get annoyed by similar stuff, like so yeah. just like things that just unfairnesses in life. Yeah. You know, that's mm. that kind of thing. Things that are frustrating. Where, mm. like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I totally get it. Okay, um, who's the boss in your dressing room? Who's the boss? Yeah, who's the boss? It's quite egalitarian, I'd say, in the dressing room. Oh, I like it. I like yeah, that. I yeah, yeah. Is. I think me and Ellie were sort of tied. Mm. No, I don't think. I don't think one of us is dominant. <laughs> 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 but it was very funny because in Matt and Harry's, I'm pretty sure Matt was like, "It's me. I am the boss." Oh, <laughs> I've heard like really like just like Harry, stop that now. I've genuinely heard Harry. It's time to put on your trousers. Yeah, yeah, going that, from that, that that's the thing. Yeah. Harry needs management. In, uh, clearly. <laughs> uh, that, He's he's always just singing some some number. He's always making a lot. Singing Literally down the, the hall. You're, yeah, you'll just have I'm a Barbie girl <laughs> in a Barbie world. Like just like singing like songs in the most <laughs> the most aggressive and like horrible on the ear way. Yeah. Um or they do they do <laughs> they do in their dressing room thing that <laughs> I don't, like, I don't understand this and I don't know how much it, I enjoy they it. They do a song where they always... love it. Yeah, they and always, I'm like, why do you all love that? Why is that like a thing now? But it, it's like a song where they go, yeah, at the yeah, end of every yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That seems to be, I'm a Barbie girl. Yeah. This that. is a big lawyer. <laughs> and I'd be like, what? Why are you all screaming <laughs> in there? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, but you're saying that like that's a logical base. Well, like, of course, it started from this. Yeah, but yeah. that's nonsense. It's that's not so a... funny. It is so funny. It is very funny. There are some... I don't know why it really gets me. But what really gets me now is that by, they both got COVID at the same time. They both went off. And yep. honestly, everyone was like, gosh, it's very quiet around here. It was oh it's so peaceful quiet. and calm. And then they came back on the first day. Everyone was quite shocked because all we could hear was, ah, yeah, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how insane it's got. That wasn't even on the end of a thing. That was just on its that sound on its own. But then Matt will be like, "Oh yes, Harry does that all the time. Yes, I have to tell him to be quiet." I'm like, Matthew Cavendish, you absolute liar. He's such a culprit. He'll be like, "It's time to go, eh? Shall we have? <laughs> we have this tradition where he offers everybody." A curiously strong mint before yeah, the show. Yeah, You'd be like, Amy, would you like something curiously strong, eh? A little mint, eh? <laughs> it is so bizarre. Harry also very much enjoys screaming a Wagamama ramen. So <laughs> that's a one I really A Wagamama like. ramen. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners here are going to be like, what? Yeah, what, yeah, what yeah, on they... earth? But it is what, what, a, what a picture of painting of backstage. You've got two blokes just screaming. <laughs> Another man like <laughs> stealthily running out to buy a Twix. <laughs> like, Stephen James Anthony like... organising yeah. some kind of coup. Yeah, <laughs> it's excellent. No, it's really very silly. It is very silly. Um, and obviously, yeah. you always have a fist fight. With, I'm um... always having a fist fight. <laughs> no, I'm so confrontational. Um, well, that's excellent. Okay. Um, other than the understudies, and this is now about everyone. Mm. Who would you say of the British cast is the most uh, assimilated to the US lifestyle? Who's the most American? Mm, interesting. You were up there, Charlie. Yeah, I would, there. I would say you too, I think, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? So would I. Isn't that <laughs> weird? I was like, I was writing this question down, and then I thought, I think the answer is me. I is that so. egotistical? 
No, I, think, I didn't know I, it until I really, the question. You really love being here, and you, I do. You, I think it fits in to to your. I don't know, like it just fits in with a lot of your personality, and it mm. just seems to lend itself to you the the kind of culture here. I find that I like. I feel like I fit in and assimilate in New York very well. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm a natural Californian. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm yet to find out about my Californian-ness. But I know what you mean. I've enjoyed both places a lot. I think um, I just... I, 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 um, I struggle with the heat slightly, I think. Mm-hmm. It, actually, easier here in LA. It is, isn't it's, it? It's sort of... There's not the same humidity yeah. in New York over the summer. The humidity is so intense. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so that's the only thing. Um, and it's obviously not, yeah, the sun is nice, but when it gets to 30, 33, it's just a bit crazy. Mm-hmm. I and agree. That's the only thing I struggle with, really. I, I, I like the heat, so I'm, I'm a li- I find it a little easier, but you're right, in New York it, got, it was quite challenging at times. But I think you're right, I think I, I like, um, as we were talking about earlier, I, I quite like uh, that if with many Americans, or at least New Yorkers and Californians, um, an emotional openness and are ready to kind of have quite a uh, a talk about one's feelings mm. or mm. situ- you know quite brave and open and I like that and I'll quite quickly get into a very deep conversation with people about stuff because um, sometimes I feel like in the UK uh, everyone's like Charlie stop talking about therapy and how good it is or like please stop talking about your emotions um, whereas here I'm like aha they're up for this, yeah, which yeah. I really yeah. enjoy. Yeah. Um, but also I like in New York that people, we, we're talking about it, um, there's a phrase about New Yorkers, they are maybe not polite, but they are kind. And I think all that really means is yeah. that they're quite direct. So, so if mm. in the UK you ask someone, do you want to come for a drink? And the person doesn't really want to come. They'll say, oh, yeah, maybe, mate. Oh, oh I might have to... Um, leave because of uh you know i've got the i need to get the bus and they'll try and like you know i'd love to and it's just a lot of kind of worrying about that and then we don't really say that actually i'm just tired yeah. whereas in new york like, you want to come for a drink they go oh no thank you i'm i'm gonna go home and they don't even necessarily give you a reason they just say no thanks mm. and it's not personal but it's very clear i like that a lot no yeah yeah, yeah that, no, it's, it's, but yeah, you're right i don't know yeah. enough about uh la i'd say i mean i've been here a bit but um i'm still learning I like the pace of New York. I like the fact that there's yeah. always something happening and mm. there's, there's such a, a, a hot to the touch intensity. <laughs> Stop touching of, the Americans. The about the people there. <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, it's been great. Okay. I mean, someone was saying the other day, I think, and I think it's true, there's kind of as much going on in L.A. as there, there's as much to do in L.A. as there is in New York. But because it's just such a big spread out city, mm. it doesn't have the same feel and you literally can't know. walk really anywhere. You know, everything is kind of anything you want to kind of go and do is between a half an hour to an hour drive. I feel like that aids um, you better because I would say that, particularly like in regards to like excursions and fun, you you can be quite planned. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm more kind of impulsive. So what I really like about New York is that you can just get up, leave your apartment, and find a thing and be like, oh, I fancy that museum. Or oh, mm. that sounds good. Whereas here you can't really do that. You have to be like, I will get a taxi and I will go. Yeah. Four, seven, eight, twelve miles out, or whatever, to this thing. I thought, interestingly, the way that both of you did Disneyland spoke volumes about your characters because you were both on the app. You both, you know, were very like regimented. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Then I'll go here. 
Uh, whereas my... In comparison, very regimented. I mean, I for, for Charlie Russell, I was pretty chill. <laughs> it's still very regimented. Still, I, like, I, didn't, I, I just I, don't want to aimlessly wander. You were both right? constantly doing stuff. Yeah, no, yeah. I... I, I had a schedule there. I don't mind. I, all, I, all aimlessly wandering is fine if that's kind of the, the plan for that bit of the day. The only thing I didn't want to do, because I didn't make a plan in advance to be like, this is what I'm going to do no. all day. The only thing I didn't want to do was, was just queue for hours and hours and hours for everything, which is you can end up doing. Yeah, and, and you can get to every ride and go, oh, oh no, actually, yeah, yeah. this is too long and I can't get on. And so we'll go to the next one and then the same thing keeps happening. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you know, we use the app. We use Highly the recommend the app. app. The app worked well, didn't it? And you can yeah. book rides for different times. And Yeah, you um, have to pay extra for that. But you, yeah, yeah. you can you can main go, okay, we're around seven, we'll go to this ride. Mm. And so then you can start planning things and you can order uh, your food to just be there when you go to pick it up rather yeah. than standing in line. Um, but you're right. Uh, and then, But then I also stayed till close. Um, which was surprising <laughs> for me. I don't know how I managed it, but I did. It was Greg Tannehill. We you had, two had a great time. We had the best time. He's my park husband. Um, <laughs> I'm his park wife, and that's that's how it's going to be from now on. That's fair. I I, see, I I just kind of blew where I went where the wind blew me. Well, that's good. Yeah. At, that's nice. At the theme park. But then you've been really And then I got good. very lost. You did get very lost without a phone, mm. um, which, you know, was... Slightly terrifying at one point, but then we were fine. Um, but you've been re- <laughs> you've been really good while we've been here at going, guys. I'm going to this place tomorrow. Who wants to come? So yeah. you've done well because you like to go out at making sure that happens. I imagine it's easier if we had our own cars and if we drove. But you drove. You drive, John. I'm not very good, and and you don't love it, do you? And no, I haven't. I haven't driven for many. I've got a driver license, but yeah, I, I haven't driven for years. So. Um, Maybe that would allow a little more freedom. Mm, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, get a car. But, you know, an electric one. Good for the environment. Um, what tradition or practice or thing from America will you, would you like to keep going back in the UK? It could be mm. to do with the show or it could be I'm tempted to get a drip coffee machine because I love it. I have enjoyed cold brew coffee. But more, like that's great, very strong. You feel awesome all the time. Um, but until <laughs> until you feel jittery and paranoid because you've had so much coffee. No, I, I think the thing that I would I would um, I would bring back is I think that there's particularly in New York because and I think it's because on Broadway the theatres are so densely packed on top of each other. So like the West End is actually quite a wide-reaching area, whereas mm. Broadway really is this little bubble of 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 theatres and i think that means that there's slightly more sense of community that there's more like inter show hangouts and like mm. base like mini softball leagues from the shows yeah. and mm. that there's this thing called dollar friday where everyone puts in a, a dollar and there's like i often remark that the tannoy of the show sometimes feels more like a cruise ship yeah that, you know it's like there's an ice cream social over at six today and i'd, I'd love some of that to come to come back over to the uk where yeah. the shows hang out and there's there's ice cream or there's like you know there's beers at da 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 for the 200th show of Woman and we're all gonna go yeah that would be nice and you I feel think... and there's more awards and like you, f- you like which isn't my bag but like there's more things where i think people are together and I, i'd love to bring back some of the organized sense of community organized fun, John. a little bit of organized fun <laughs> there yeah well maybe you could take on maybe you oh, could gosh. maybe you could bring the community i spirit. will bring the community of the west end together yeah that's my that's my task. Definitely do it. Yeah, Excellent. yeah. For sure. 
Something about the US, and this is not something I've experienced, but it is something about the US that I think is a cool thing. Uh, well, well, it's obviously it's, it's a tradition, and it's, there's obviously history behind it and everything. But, um, but everyone talks about Thanksgiving very fondly here, mm. and mm. getting together with people that you love and talking about things that you're thankful for, positive stuff. Yeah, that's a really cool holiday, I think. Like, to, yeah. in, in, you know, and that's a nice thing. It's not about gifts and stuff. Yeah, there's no kind of. It's just kind of. It's everyone gets together, has lunch, and and talks about the stuff that is positive in their lives. And I think that's a that's a that's a cool fun thing that um that that seems like a nice day oh that is really nice mm. all right i've got two more questions one and this is a quick one one thing in la you'd now recommend to a visitor so either I, to do or to try or to eat or whatever you know. absolutely well i recommend um the california science center yeah uh, which i went to a couple of weeks ago um it's absolutely amazing so uh, there's i mean it's a huge museum with loads of different stuff uh, but they have an imax cinema with 3d documentary films about all sorts of different stuff space travel conservation of blue whales uh that was really amazing um they also have the endeavor space shuttle there from the space shuttle program you can go see the actual shuttle and learn about the history of that um, and um, loads of other cool kind of permanent exhibits as well. A cool exhibit about Mayan history also currently on there. Oh, cool. Um, I enjoyed the Broad Art Gallery. Which I thought was the Broad. No, it's the Broad because it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's two name. people and they are huge philanthropists so they buy a lot of art and they, they give it back to LA. So it's, That's so cool. It's the Broads. Um, and also the Mr. Mr. Brainwash um, art gallery in Beverly Hills, which I thought was so kind of LA. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite like cool art and kind of lots of like pop culture mixed with kind of classic art and stuff um, that me and Hen went to. And then also um, the Great White, which mm-hmm. is a restaurant um, that me and you have been to, Charlie. Yeah, oh, that, very nice. great breakfast. They're my, they're, you, you asked for one, but they're, they're there's two. Things. I might suggest that people take the day to go to Santa Monica Pier yeah. and the yeah, beach. Yeah, yeah. That was it's really lovely. Just make sure if you can... Uh, bring a parasol type thing if that's what you want because they're not dotted on the beach mm. um, but there's lots of stuff around and it's really really nice quite family friendly it feels because yep. we went with uh, Nancy and her child and it was delightful totally alright now this is a bit of a weird one and I'm not entirely sure I've got it you know I've worded it correctly but it's the middle of the night right and someone something turns up at your window asking you to come to Neverland <laughs> They're from uh-huh. our cast or crew. Who are you least surprised by? <laughs> Who is it most likely to be? So the person at the window is someone from the cast or crew. Yeah, and then it turns out they're like they can fly. Yeah, and yeah, like, come yeah. with me, mate. Harry Kershaw, I could imagine. <laughs> yes, very just kind good. of just secretly being able to fly. Oh my goodness, that would be so dangerous. Mm. I think it's got to be Greg. Yeah, Greg for yeah. sure. If Greg. anyone can fly, it's Greg. Actually, it could be Greg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like a superhero. I think it could be. Uh, I think it could be Bartley. <gasps> Bartley Booze, you're yeah, so yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I think that would kind of be. He's kind of got that sort of uh, boyish kind of charm that, like a Peter Pan kind of. Uh, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I imagine as well. So Blair Baker's come and joined us um, in LA, and they we don't know them as well, and I so that makes me think. Oh, maybe they're the one with the magical yeah. powers. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So actually, if you're in Neverland and you have to stay there, like what gang are you joining? You know, are you a pirate? Are you a mermaid? <laughs> are you a lost boy? Like w- what's your, what's your patch? 
I would say a lost boy. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. I can see you as a good pirate. But you've okay. got to be mean if you're a pirate, right? Yeah, that's I wouldn't true. want to be mean to people. And that's true. We've just we've established none of us are going to start a riot. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't be a pirate. Pirates aren't big on like forms and emails either. No, I mean, I'm not. Are lost boys? They don't. I don't know if anyone is. No, no, I suppose there's not a lot of paper trailing. Would you describe yourself as big odd forms? <laughs> yeah, that's my... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really my... Small on riot, big on forms. <laughs> <laughs> you go to the bank, they're like, can you fill this out? You're like, absolutely yes. Oh. Actually, no, I'd say I'm quite bad with stuff. I'm constantly having issues with that kind of stuff, I would say. Oh. Bad form, that's what Hook bad says. Bad form, bad form, Peter. Bad form. You a lost boy as well? Yeah. Or if the mermaids have rollerblades, like in our show, yeah, then I would I would do that because I, I quite like blading about. That's very cool. I think I'd like to be a be a mermaid or a lost boy or maybe a fairy. Yeah. Nice. But yeah. then yeah. the fairies are so small they can only have one feeling at a time, and I have so many that it's going to be like a, a constant sort of roller coaster of one of the uh, one to another. It would be, but then in a way that would be quite good, wouldn't it? Like Just calm, one simpler at a time. life. You know. Yeah. yeah. And fairies are little vengeful creatures. They are quite kind of mm. like, yeah, quite They're often nasty little things. Je- jealous or, or kind of devious mm. in, 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 uh, in stories. Yeah, so oh. maybe, maybe I'm using this opportunity to expand, mm. grow into a different area of my personality that I haven't explored yet. I think if I could choose any character to be from mm. the sort of J.M. Barry canon, yeah. it would maybe be the Neverbird. Yeah. Sadly, doesn't feature in Peter Pan Goes Wrong. but the well, It never- saves Peter from Marina's Rock. Yeah. yeah. The Neverbird's very cool. Neverbird's really cool. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Well, I always thought I'd want to be Tink because she's a fairy and she has mag- magical powers. But then you, I want to be Wendy because it's super fun. Hmm. Mm. And she's pretty cool. Like, she will get out the sword and she'll do it. She'll do the fighting. <laughs> Who would you be, John? Who would you be, John? I quite, yeah, I quite like John. John's quite... John's quite a cool character, quite it's comfortable, true. quite comfortable in that role. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure catching up and eating a bear claw and, you know, <clears throat> deciding how we might start a riot. I appreciate it. Um, and thank you, everyone who's been listening to the podcast in America. It's been an absolute joy to do, and I hope you've been enjoying um, following our antics as we go around the United States of America. It won't be long now until we're back into the UK. Mm. Well, thank you so much for having us. Thanks, what a joy. Yeah, what an expert, um, an expert presenter you are. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I really enjoy it. I hope to do more, actually. So you never know. So thank you, listeners. I hope you uh, enjoyed this episode. Follow us on all the different socials and you can subscribe to the podcast on your podcast getting platform. That's a phrase. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure we will speak to you very shortly. Take care. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.